0: How you feeling, Katie?
1: I'm doing okay, considering the week.
0: Yeah, we've had, what a week, right? What a week! <laughs> what a week. It's been a week, right? It's been a couple, couple weeks.
1: It's been a year.
0: The school year just started and we're already exhausted. <laughs> right?
1: That's so true. And it's
0: sad. I love my job. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm exhausted from it. You feel the same way? No. No? (laughs) Wait, you don't love your job or you don't feel exhausted by it?
1: I love my job when I get to have fun with my students and watch them do the events that they planned, which is what the beginning of the year is for me. So, so, uh, there's a lot going on. So, you were having fun. And with your job. I have been having fun. Mm-hmm. I'm not that exhausted because of your job. This is my favorite part of the job. Okay.
0: But are you pretty tired in general?
1: That's my generalized anxiety disorder. <laughs> <laughs> That's That has fair. nothing to do with anything. <laughs> That's or has fair. everything to do with everything, I guess.
0: Yeah, I mean, it feels connected. In all the years we've been together, it all feels connected.
1: <laughs> I mean, it, it it
0: impacts me too, my anxiety, my depression. It comes up a bunch. All the time in work too.
1: Yeah. So I think when I'm the busiest is when I can forget about my mental health struggles. I guess that's
0: fair. Do yeah. you Do you feel like the times when you're not doing anything is when it's most
1: oh yeah i can that's why i clean when i can't do anything like everyone in my office space knows when i'm stressed out because i just stop and i clean everything even if it's not mine like i've literally cleaned my coworker's office while he was in a different country he was fine with it yeah i bet but you can come over uh, and clean my office You've seen I don't it. think you would want me to do that, because then you wouldn't know where anything was. Yeah, I love chaos. I oh,
0: love chaos. God, your office drives me crazy. My students love it, because there's just shit everywhere. <laughs>
1: but yeah, but my students <laughs> love my office, because I have a bunch of stuff on the walls that, like, is my personality. So sure do I, but I also but have a bunch an of... But color- organized... Yeah. Chaos. I also I guess. just have
0: a bunch of clothes always drying in my office. Oh,
1: that's so gross! Because I
0: cycle into work every day that's... and I run on oh, my lunch breaks. Oh, so your office probably
1: stuff. just smells like sweat. No, it's not that.
0: I guess I'm also like kind of immune to the smell. So probably.
1: I don't know. Yeah, it's probably fair. that's gross.
0: Hello and welcome to the EduPunks Podcast. This is your host, Craig Bideman. This week is a pretty special episode. If you didn't notice from the first three minutes of the elongated introduction, I'm chatting with my best friend Katie Ham this week. Uh, we get to talk a whole lot about mental health in this uh, episode of the podcast and a uh, major reason why is not only is it a really important topic to both of us. Last week was Suicide Prevention Week and we actually lost a couple people in our lives last week which is always a little hard depend no matter how much you know someone or didn't know someone losing anyone that used to be in your life really sucks And as someone who lives with suicidality and depression and anxiety, I wanted to have a conversation with my best friend about something we talk about almost every day. So it was nice to get a a conversation um, recorded between the two of us. You get to hear really us being ourselves, how we are in our relationship, talking about something that's really important to us and important to the work that we do in our field and with our students. and. Last week for Suicide Prevention Week, I wrote a uh, blog post for our friends at Presence, the company that I interviewed multiple people uh, from uh, in episode six. So I'll make sure to link the blog post that I wrote for Presence on mental health in the workplace in the show notes so you can read that. Really just look at this conversation as an extension of that blog post. I used some of the some of what I talk about in that post as jumping off points for this conversation that Katie and I have in this episode. And we really just kind of get into it. We share a lot of our own uh, struggles with mental illness, how we have those conversations around um, accommodations for our mental health with our supervisors and really just give some suggestions on how, if you're worried about stigma and worried about having these conversations, we give you some suggestions and At the end of it all, if you like it, please subscribe. Please rate it. Rate rate the podcast. Please give it a quick review on the iTunes store. That'd be really helpful. Share it with your friends. Tell, tell anyone you think who might enjoy this conversation on mental health uh, in the workplace. Throughout this episode, you're going to hear some sweet tunes from my friends in the band Ranges uh who are a post rock instrumental band they're putting out their new album the ascensionist this friday september 22nd i'm really excited for this album it sounds super Super incredible. It is a very powerful, dynamic album that will blow your minds. It's being released by a 1000 Arms Records as well as Dunk Records in Europe. And they are playing Dunk Fest at the beginning of October, just like our friends in this patch of sky a few weeks ago. I'll be seeing them and hanging out with them in a couple of weeks. And I cannot, I cannot wait for that. Now, you're going to get to hear more of that later. But first, let's get to this conversation with Katie Ham. And as a quick, you know, content warning, uh, we get a lot into our traumas, into our mental illness and into some of the stuff that we've struggled with personally. We get into some of the nitty gritty stuff, some of the uncomfortable stuff, but uh, it's a good, open, honest conversation and we hope you enjoy it. And yeah, I'll talk to you guys in a little bit after this. Well, Katie, I'm really glad that you want to start chatting with me uh in the podcast because I want to try some new stuff in how I do this podcast and you're the my favorite person to talk to about stuff like this. Uh sick about like about our field and stuff. And so um I want folks to actually get to know who you are. This is a little bit of a different episode than usual. We're not going to get a whole lot into like how I normally do epi- the normal interviews and stuff because we're just going to talk about a topic today. Um, but I want folks to know who you are, so tell folks a little bit about you.
1: I mean, where do you want me to start? <laughs>
0: um, where were you born?
1: Uh, yeah, that's I don't know why I asked. I was born in Germany. Yeah. Ansbach, Germany. Ansbach, Germany. Yep. We'll go there someday, maybe. Yeah, because that tattoo artist I want to go to is in Hamburg. Yeah. So we'll we will. figure that out. We will. Um, but yeah, it's. I guess but uh, that's not some, where you got your accent. <laughs> that's not where I got my accent. That's <laughs> definitely from Wisconsin. <laughs> um, and my mom is originally from Wisconsin. So uh, as soon as we left Germany, went back there. Spent most of my life there, lived in Tennessee for a few years, bounced around a lot. Um, Single parent life, my mom rules. Um, I I definitely have no uh, negative things to say about the fact that I bounced around a lot. I love it. Um, I think it prepared me for moving across the country for sure. Um, But anyway... um, I got my bachelor's degree in graphic design uh, and photography with a minor in journalism from the University of Wisconsin Oshkosh. Oshkosh bagosh. Yes. <laughs> I hate when people say that. And it's literally anyone that lives outside of the state of Wisconsin. Like me. Yes. Um, and then I... Um, I... Guess I. Do you want me to get into like how I decided to go to grad school, or? Oh
0: yeah. How How did you decide to go to grad school? I know um, you weren't like totally sold on it.
1: Well, no, I just didn't know it was a thing. Yeah, that's it. <laughs>
0: um, you didn't know grad school was a thing. No. Oh.
1: <laughs> I just thought you didn't
0: know like our field. No, had, I didn't like...
1: know what grad school was. No <laughs> one had ever said those words to me before in my <gasps> really? life. Really.
0: I mean, I'm also a first gen, but I knew, I knew a little bit about that.
1: Okay, so you're cooler than me. Well,
0: obviously, but uh, but but t- why? H- anyway, how, how did you learn about grad school, so, the mythical land of grad school?
1: Well, I feel like I need to get a bit further into um, my undergrad before I can say that. So, uh, That's fine. I decided to move two hours away, not not too far away from home for. Uh, my undergrad but far enough that I did not have to see my family every day um so I it was like being for real on my own for the first time and like I went to summer camps and stuff so it it wasn't like I was literally every single day of my entire life with my family um but this was like my first time having real freedom like a lot of college kids Mm -hmm. but uh This is when my depression showed up. Yay! In college? Yeah, my freshman year. My first semester. Um, And then... uh, Struggled, like, my entire first year. um, Just because, as a first-gen student, I literally didn't know anything. And I didn't really have anyone to help me figure it out. Same. Um, So... I just, there were so many questions that I didn't know to ask. Like, I understand working, well, when I work with first-gen students, like, some of them know what questions to ask to, like, figure out what they need. But, like, I didn't know work-study was a thing. Yeah.
0: Most of my students don't know what what it is, and I have to explain it to them.
1: Yeah, but at least yeah. they knew it was there. Like, nobody even told me it was on my form.
0: Some of them don't know that it's a thing until
1: I ask them if they have it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's. See, if somebody would have asked me if I had work-study, I probably would have figured it out. But yeah. no one ever asked me, and I didn't knew, know to ask what it was. Yeah. Anyway, um, so just really struggled in figuring out, like, how to navigate the school. Um, and... Uh, that was, like, end of my first year. I had a kind of a rough go, but I loved it. Like, I loved school. Um, and then over the summer between uh, my first year and my second year, um, my best friend was killed by a drunk driver. And <clears throat> that made my depression skyrocket. <laughs> um, and I was really uh, not ready to go back to school, but I did. Um, and my mom forced me to go into therapy because I needed it, um, which was a great decision. And because of that, uh, the therapist I was working with told me to join something on campus because higher ed involvement makes you feel valued and stay in school.
0: And you're more likely p- to persist to your four year degree.
1: Yeah, yeah. But whatever. <laughs> Five <laughs> year, six year. Five. Six for, six me. for you. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I took that advice, I joined a bunch of stuff um and my my favorite of which um, was our reunion board, our our programming board on campus that uh yes, spells rub, I know it's nah. dumb yeah, but I loved it so it. much um, and that became my home for real like super cheesy but definitely became my home um I was able to plan concerts with local bands and that was probably where like I felt the most valued on campus because I was like the one person that knew all of the bands um so I felt like they couldn't do it without me or at least do it successfully without me. So I just stayed and hung out. And I joined all five of the committees. And uh, I applied for an exec board position in my later years. And uh, it just kind of became my love. Um, and then I had this weird epiphany that my advisor's job was a job. Yep. Like, oh, Hey someone does that (laughs) you've been doing it for me for all of these years and I just didn't think that that was a job I don't know why we both had that moment (laughs) yeah I've
0: had that too I had that too when I was planning concerts and I was like wait what you do is a thing that I could probably do too
1: yeah tight (laughs) it's exactly how it went (laughs) um and uh my advisor was super cool um bonded over music even though we had kind of different music tastes um so I was like you're a rad human professional. I can do that. And then she explained to me that she got a master's degree in doing what she did. And I was like, oh, how do I do that thing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I definitely don't think I was prepared for grad school. Which is, uh, I think, a whole nother podcast. There's.
0: (laughs) Oh, man. We probably should while the student affairs, like, grad students are, like, uh, putting out their applications right now. We could probably do that. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Whatever.
1: Um, But anyway, so via my advisor, I ended up going to grad school, um, went to the same place that she went, um, which. I think if I had to do it over again and I had more information, I would have tried to go somewhere in a different state. I did not know that uh, assistantships paid for school sometimes, so I thought I needed to get in-state tuition, and therefore I went to Minnesota because there's reciprocity. Whatever. Anyway, so I got my master's degree in higher education administration, and uh, then I managed to move across the country to Boston and got my job uh, as the coordinator of student activities at Lesley University, and I am just starting my fourth year there.
0: Yay! What? Woo-hoo! What? Okay, so where you work is pretty unique, and yeah. <laughs> we are devoting this episode to talking about <laughs> mental health in the workplace and talking about our mental health a little bit, and Um, What makes your campus so unique about, especially talking about mental health?
1: Well, uh, there's (laughs) many things. Um, The concept of expressive arts therapy was founded at Leslie, Yeah. Um, So I'd say that's like the main one, but most of the uh, non-fine arts related majors are... um, in some way related to human services so we have a lot of counseling and um, social workers and um, educators and uh, people that work with like all different ages and um, with people with special needs just like all over lots of people who are helpers um, like when we do strengths StrengthsQuest uh, normally like at least 60% of the students we're working with have empathy in their top five. (laughs) Um,
0: And mine, it's nowhere to be found.
1: Yeah, mine's very... (laughs) I think mine's like number 16 or 17, but it's been a while since I've gotten the training and see the full 36. Um, So yeah, uh, it's it's kind of a joke that everyone at Leslie minors in feelings. (laughs) Um, So... That's the kind of campus that I work at. It's Um, pretty
0: intense going to some of the events that y'all put (laughs) on where, like, you'll have, like, you had uh, Neil Hillborn last year, and he does really, like, intense mental health-related poetry mm. and like just seeing how many of your students are just a puddle of themselves uh <laughs> at the end of it they're just
1: like i mean
0: their faces are red fair, from they were cry. already
1: a mental uh, not a, a mental no uh, melted ice cube <laughs> so they were like almost a puddle already yeah. <laughs> it's okay i'm also almost a puddle <laughs> yeah. i fit in really well
0: <laughs> yeah it's just so it's, I never know exactly how some things are gonna go on your campus because there's a lot of opinions too.
1: Oh yeah, so many opinions. So many opinions. Very social justicey. Yeah, which is wonderful. It's the best. It's my favorite. And um, uh, and <laughs> it makes booking things through conferences much harder.
0: Oh, for sure. You have to walk. You did, you you did a whole like presentation about how you book for your campus, right? At NACA. Like, how you work with, like, comedians and stuff like
1: that? Oh, yeah. I did a panel. It wasn't, like, I didn't put it together, um, but Jason Meyer, uh, who works at Emerson, and Ama Marfo, who used to work at Emmanuel, is doing free And is now doing, like, speaking stuff. Writing Um, books. Writing books. Um, We did a panel on uh, college comedy and censorship, and uh, I definitely was the most strict uh (laughs) in terms of if i'm paying you three times what you're gonna make at a comedy club like yeah i can tell you not to say certain things um which
0: censorship censorship
1: okay no i have heard an example this is my example that i always and i it might have come out of this panel but somebody said that they had a comedian come onto their campus And did not know that two students were killed like within the week before that. And then they made a joke that was referencing the like exact way that these two students passed away. Oh boy. And obviously it didn't land. So like that's the kind of stuff that like if I tell you, Hey, this just happened, don't do a joke about that, that's fine, right? Like I'm not I'm not like And most comedians are chill about that, right? Yeah, most of them are fine.
0: Because um, I imagine when you book them, clearly you're bringing people that you can probably... You can tell you can probably work with them.
1: Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes. We've definitely gotten some rogue ones who, like, definitely don't understand why pronouns are important, Um, which is a huge thing at Leslie. Um, And a whole other conversation. And a whole other conversation. Honestly, we could talk forever. Yeah. Um, But, yeah. I did do that presentation. Mm -hmm. I don't know how we got onto this.
0: No, it's fine. Um, (laughs) uh, Well, your example kind of brings up something that I wanted to talk about a little bit, because like last week was Suicide Prevention Week, and we lost a couple people in our lives, sadly, uh, during that week. And I even wrote an article uh, for my friends in Presence, who I interviewed in episode six of this podcast, uh, about how we as a field of student affairs and higher education can support our colleagues better and support our friends and really just support people in general in the workplace around mental illness and especially around suicide prevention. And it was just terribly timed that just just as that was written... We lost a couple people this week. We're not going to get into a lot of specifics about that, but when we talk about how we had a pretty rough week this week, Mm -hmm. it was kind of also outside of our jobs, and it has become um, pretty challenging to even, because I know that even one day you just did not get out of bed this week.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
0: Um, And that's actually something that you've, you've struggled with in the past, too. Oh well, yeah. We have I mean, a we both have a bit of mental health. Uh we could have a, we we could do a whole inventory. <laughs> yeah. Of our mental and I mean
1: like in my like introduction of myself, like I mentioned that my best friend in high school was killed by a drunk driver and then in 2011 my partner was murdered and in the years between that and after I lost friends for Various reasons and in various ways, in various ways. And this week, I got up to double digits of friends who are under 30 who passed away. So, uh, kind of, kind of effed me up, man. Yeah, I <laughs> having not having a struggle. Yeah, didn't get out of bed. And it was rough because I know that
0: you had a really long day. On, I think it was Thursday, and then you came home. You came home, and we were just going to chill out. Oh, and then then my mom
1: texted me. And we did not get
0: to chill out. (laughs) Did not get to chill out. Basically, just cried a
1: lot. Yeah. And
0: uh, I've struggled a whole lot with depression and anxiety, dating back to middle school and high school. And um, I've made two suicide attempts, two uh, calculated suicide attempts. And. Um, I'm still here uh but the topic of mental illness is something that's very um very important to me because as someone who has felt on the verge of really not wanting to live anymore, I know how beautiful it can feel to like wake up when you thought you weren't going to wake up again um and Especially having some of these feelings when you're at work is really hard. And I know that when I went through my job search, um, Katie really had to pick up the pieces of me sometimes. And during your job search, I was kind of that for you. So we we definitely have gone through our ups and downs in our relationship. And it's hard because my depression waxes and wanes within the week.
1: Mm -hmm. And
0: I... I go to therapy, but I go to therapy for uh, body image and eating disorder, which all do connect to my mental health 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't take medication for my depression or anxiety. Um, and I do. And Katie does.
1: It's wonderful. <laughs> it's literally the only reason I function as a human being.
0: Yeah. And... I took, I took some medication in college, but I didn't like the way it affected me sometimes. I, I have a really bad um, history with medication. When I, was in high, middle, when I was in elementary school and middle school, I was on Ritalin, and it just messed me up. And actually, dating back to when I was a little kid, I accidentally overdosed on some um, antidepressants that my babysitter had. Which actually has messed up the entire chemistry of my body, which has made it so that any medication um, has kind of, I kind of have a messed up tolerance now. Um, So medications are weird for me. And so I've always worried about if I actually were to get on antidepressants or anything for anxiety or whatever, it might not actually work
1: that well for me. That's for your doctor to figure out, (laughs) not you. I know. This is a frequent thing where I have to tell Craig to stop making decisions that other people should make for him. (sighs) I know. Things that you don't have, like, there's a kajillion kinds of medication. Yeah. Like, I just switched and it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I know. You're not wrong. I know. You know how long it took me to convince you to go to therapy? A A couple minutes,
0: dude. A couple <laughs> minutes,
1: <laughs> just a couple.
0: All right, taking a quick break from the conversation with my best friend Katie Ham to tell you about a wonderful company called a thousand arms. That's a thousand arms, not one thousand arms. A thousand arms. If you go to a thousandarms.com, you can check out all of the amazing design and merchandise work that they have done for almost any and every post-rock instrumental band that you can think of they've done so much work they, they've done work for Russian Circles Pelican, We Lost the Sea Pray for Sound, Kokomo Show Me a Dinosaur, Au Revoir Australia Lost in Kiev uh, they, they've helped out so many bands they've hooked them up with great merchandise t-shirts, screen-printed posters, They and you can even book them to make your stuff for you. They make trucker hats. They make koozies. They make large-scale prints. They make small, regular-sized prints. They make t-shirts. They make hoodies. They do all sorts of printing straight out of Bozeman, Montana. They have a large Large clientele that include universities, breweries, uh, hotels, all sorts of people are using a thousand arms to make their merchandise. I got a shirt from the from the band this last week, and it is one of the coolest shirt designs that I've ever seen. It is a super comfortable t-shirt. So please visit a thousandarms.com, a a-N-D-A-R-M S dot com a thousandarms.com to check out how you can get stuff made right now for your company, for your university, for your band for yourself. Use a thousand arms. Uh, a thousand arms. They also put out music, and you're gonna hear about that a little bit later. Now let's get back to the conversation with me and Katie Hamm. Living with mental illness,
1: yeah,
0: sucks. Yes, (laughs) accurate, sucks a whole lot because my, like I said, my depression kind of comes and goes, and I never know when it'll hit me. And, um, people who've been around me when my depression hits it, um, I shut off. I, and yes, you do. People who know me know I am a ball of energy all the time, ready to go. Let's have fun. But when my depression hits me, I'm I'm literally one of those people who wear my emotions on my sleeve. Like you know, like, yeah, and I it makes up. me
1: think that you're mad at me every <laughs> single time.
0: Well, and it's and that's and that's why like, and I'm a pretty self aware person, and so I try, I try. Not then though, in those moments, it's hard because yeah. I most of the
1: time you are, I though.
0: know that it's not about you, but I don't often verbalize that. Correct. And I'm, I'm trying to work on being better at that. I've done it a few times where I'm like, hey, yeah. I'm just letting you know this is what's going on.
1: Well, and that's helpful because I get really salty and then I'm just mean back to you. <laughs> yeah,
0: which then also makes me feel worse. So <laughs> it's this bad. is good. Talk to each other. <laughs> t- we, we, talk, we talk to each other about a lot of shit and that's good. And one of the things that I have tried to destigmatize a lot because of Knowing how my mental health impacts me is, I try to destigmatize this stuff at work a lot. Um, and I work at UMass Boston. Folks know that. Uh, health and wellness promotion specialist. My job is working with students who struggle with mental health issues, um, kind of helping folks balance their lives, things like that. And when I was interviewing for my job, was one of the first times I felt super comfortable with the person interviewing me, my now supervisor to where like I would mention like, yeah, and I've lived with depression and I've lived with anxiety. I didn't get into a lot of detail in the interview, but I go, I've, I, I can notice some of these signs and help folks if they're struggling with these sorts of things. Um, and when I got my job, one of the first things I did was think it was day two. I talked to my supervisor and I said, Hey, this is how my, men- my mental illness kind of manifests, and it can suck a lot, and it can take a lot out of me, and there might be days where I can't come in, or might be days where I come in late, and or there are going to be times when I need to shut my door and not be disturbed by anyone, just so that I can kind of get over what I'm going through. And I had this conversation with my supervisor, and I was super scared because I had no idea how she was gonna take it. I like, I honestly thought that like I would say all this stuff, and she'd be like, "Okay, well, now you're 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 fired." Like, I'm not gonna. You're telling me how you're gonna work here? No, that's not cool. That's what I thought. But she was just like, "Okay, I'm glad you told me this because." I care about you. You work for me and I want you to do what's good for you. And it blew my mind. <laughs> cuz I had I have I lucked out with my current supervisor and I feel great and I feel like I am definitely an anomaly when it comes to managing my mental health and being able to have support like that cuz I know not everyone has that sort of support. But Having that conversation is honestly step number one. Um, for this, what are your I thoughts? I think that's on this?
1: step two, honestly. Because there was a tangent in my brain mm-hmm. while you were talking that you. uh, you were talking about mentioning it to your supervisor <clears throat> afterward. I don't know how much you said mm-hmm. during your interview, but that I feel like is step one. Okay. Um, because when I was on my job search, I uh, Like, some of the frequent questions that are asked are, like, how do you self-care? Or, like, what inspired you to get into the field? Mm -hmm. And...
0: No one expects those answers to be, like, my mental health.
1: (laughs) Well, and, uh, like, for me, and I kind of explained it, but um, when I was on my programming board, uh, I had a friend that I had gone to middle school with who... Um, Also went to the same college that I did. And we didn't really talk in middle school. And then uh, I saw him across the street and he just yelled my name and waved at me. And uh, I invited him into my program board's office and we just talked for like three hours. And uh, a couple years later when I graduated, or maybe it was even the end of that year that I graduated, um, I got a card from him at my graduation party that said that that, like, three-hour talk that we had in the program board office was the reason that he didn't kill himself. And uh, I, like, that's something that I was not conscious of as I was doing it. Like, I I invited him in. I talked him into joining the programming board. He came every day. He was so involved in all of the events. And, uh, like, kind of just like me, like, I gave him that home on -hmm. campus And so that's really like kind of what showed me that I could be that for other people Mm -hmm. and not just like that it had happened to me and that's wonderful, but that I could pass it on, Um, which is kind of why I wanted to go into the field to pass it on. And uh, when I said that in one of my interviews, um, I had already at that point talked about struggling with depression and generalized anxiety disorder And that, like, I had lost some people very close to me. And at the end of the interview, I was given feedback that I should not talk about mental health and death so much. And I was like, well, yo, that's my story. So (laughs) take it or leave it. Like, if you don't like that, then I don't want to work here. Yeah. Um. And that like obviously I had the privilege of being able to do that. Um, and I mean, there were other reasons that it wouldn't have worked out anyway. but um, yeah. that's that I feel like a step one. If you have the privilege of being able to bring bring that up. bring that up during your interview mm-hmm. do it. because yeah. like those of us that have the privilege to do it are gonna destigmatize it for the rest of us down the road. That's the um, hope, hopefully. Um, so I would say that's step one, and yeah. then talking to your supervisor when you're on campus is step two, yeah. and then uh, step three is bringing it into the work, right? The work we do. Yeah, I mean, it was super easy for me because yeah. Leslie is very mental health focused.
0: Well, and it's easy. It was easy for me too because my job is so mental health focused, and like that's true. My job is to destigmatize these topics and make sure that students feel comfortable knowing that they have resources and knowing that they have a counseling center that can support them and that can get them in and seen. Um, But also at the same time, putting a face to mental illness um, and a face that is like you and me are both like alternative looking kids with tattoos and we always also have, like, big smiles. We have a lot of energy. We're, uh, we're both very excited people <laughs> in, in general. I have way more energy than anyone else. But we're both people that can energize people. Oh, yeah. And showing the other side of kind of how we live is important, I think, for a lot of students and a lot of colleagues as mm-hmm. well. Because when I bring... When I bring bring up my mental health or I bring up mental health in general, even to my colleagues, they're like, I don't know how you get up there and talk about that. I'm like, well, if I don't, who will? Exactly.
1: <laughs> well, and like I lucked out when I uh, first got my job because the person who was supervising me also has struggled with mental illness and the other person that works in my office struggles with mental illness. And I mean – a lot of people do and it's just that it's not necessarily talked about and um i mean then there's of course like you said you were scared to talk to your supervisor about it like because well, i had just gotten I, the job i was nervous yeah that's true i guess um but i feel like i'm the opposite where like and maybe this is because i have been lucky enough to get diagnoses from mm-hmm. uh doctors and psychiatrists but I know that my mental illness can't be used against me.
0: Because mm-hmm. um, of ADA.
1: Yeah. So that, I guess, is a, sm- a small benefit of having a diagnosis. Yeah. But, I mean, there
0: it does carry another level of stigma, though, to where um, even if you are comfortable sharing. This is just something that I'm aware of when sharing our mental health um, issues is it can also carry the concern from a supervisor or a colleague or whomever that might just not see you fit to work there, which I'm not saying is a good thing. I'm saying it's just there. that stigma exists. And it sucks and it's stupid, which is why I feel like we need, especially our generation, especially people like you and me and a lot of the other good folks in our field who are talking about their mental health more consistently and more honestly, we need to never stop doing that so that our generation is kind of the generation that totally destigmatizes this so yeah. that our students and our colleagues come into a into a field where they're comfortable being themselves and sharing those parts of themselves without fear of any
1: sort of, like, stigma. Um, I mean, at the same time, like, it's kind of like um, any sort of workplace discrimination where, like, if I have to work two or three times as hard to be seen as competent because I have a mental illness, when the person next to me who is well can just like sit at their chair and do nothing until like four o'clock every day. Yeah. That's like a whole other set of barriers that needs to be broken down. Cause like my initial reaction when you said like, Oh, maybe it's possible that your supervisor might not think that you're capable of doing that. And I was like, I work like seven times as hard as anyone else. (laughs) So, and then I was like, well, it reminds me of this, exercise that one of my professors did in grad school uh, during our women in leadership section where she had this cis straight white guy stand up next to her and they were standing in a line and then she was like well I'm a woman so I have to take a step back and I'm a lesbian and I have to take a step back and I was eh, like born in another country I have to take a step back Uh, from a low socioeconomic status I have to take a step back and Like, giving the example of, like, systemic oppression, mm-hmm. and that's just like, oh, well, that's why I have to work seven times as hard, because he has to take one step when I have to take eight, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. How did you have your first conversation with the supervisor about your mental illnesses, and how do you kind of revisit those, and what kinds of accommodations hmm. do you ask for?
1: Um... Well, I think kind of going back to my undergrad with my advisor, Chelsea. Um she's a wonderful human and when my partner was killed, um I was supposed to be at something for rub that day and I sent her a text message and I explained what was going on and I was just like I need to go home and uh, when i came back like she had made um buttons that had my heads up parts up hopes up design Mm -hmm. which was the last thing that he posted on facebook um she had made buttons for everyone that was on the program board with me and they all like gave me nice things and cards and so like my very first sort of with like relationship with sort of a power dynamic. Like I wasn't necessarily my supervisor, Mm -hmm. but uh, my advisor was very, very receptive. So I was very lucky Mm -hmm. in that. Um, And then uh, I think because that was such a huge trauma in my life, um, something that I was diagnosed with PTSD for and I have been through extensive therapy to be able to function. Um, I don't think that I can be quiet about it. Like, I don't think I have that luxury. Um, Because it's so present? Because it's ever-present. Like, I would rather out myself as having this traumatic experience and maybe make some people uncomfortable Than for me to literally constantly be hearing things that are triggering for me. Mm. Um, Like, I don't think I would be able to live in, like, any sort of state that is not utter depression if I didn't talk about it. So I don't think I've ever, like, felt nervous because I've always been like, well... (laughs) if you're going to be a dick to me in this situation, <laughs> what does that say about you? Because yeah. look at what I'm dealing with. And you're like, no, let's pile it on. Yeah. Like, I've never really... And I know that's, it's, I'm sure, not like everyone's situation, but I have been lucky enough to be like, well, bring it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're either going to do the right thing or I'm coming for you.
0: <laughs> what I think... As you and I have talked about this in the past, like we've gotten pretty lucky with support, like mm-hmm. supportive supervisors. And I know not everyone is that lucky. Um, so, how do you kind of like revisit that with your supervisors, like as stuff comes up like suddenly? So, I'm I'm a big fan. Like the main reason I'm upfront about it is I don't want it to look like an excuse when mm-hmm. something randomly happens in my life. Like I I used to tell my professors day one or day two of class, like, hey, this is what I'm going through, especially when my dad was sick, Mm -hmm. I let him know, like, my dad is sick, he might die, or I might have to leave or do something, and I don't want this to seem like it's an excuse for me if it happens around a midterm or something like that. And same with, like, supervisors. I don't want Mm -hmm. them to think I'm using my mental health as any sort of excuse. Um, So how do you revisit that with your supervisors?
1: That's interesting because most of the things that I've had to deal with have been sudden and unexpected. Yeah. So I don't think I have ever really had a situation outside of just like my general, like, hey, I have some mental health struggles. Occasionally I might need to just like take a morning off for self-care. Mm-hmm. Like that's really, I think, the only preventative thing. Otherwise, I... Mostly have had to deal with, like, unexpected situations, mm-hmm. um, which could come off as an excuse, but, like, they're not, so mm-hmm. I don't really care if they come off that way.
0: So on days when you, when your anxiety or depression is acting up and you send a text in or something like that, that's kind of an understood mode of explaining your situation to your supervisors?
1: Well, I think that's a, a big difference between the two of us and the way that our mental illness functions, mm-hmm. because with my anxiety and depression, it is literally present all the time. Mm-hmm. Mine doesn't ebb and flow. It's there all the time. Yeah. So I don't know that I really have many situations that I feel like I need to stay home from work, Um. Because then I feel like I would never go to work. (laughs) Uh It's kind of like
0: when I like
1: like like when I
0: say if I didn't run every time I felt pain when I ran, I would never run.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm kind of
0: always in pain. (laughs) We're both kind of always
1: in pain. This is (laughs) accurate. (laughs) That's so (laughs) accurate. (laughs) Oh yeah, and like I wake up with anxiety every single day,
0: and so sometimes
1: it takes me a little longer to get out of bed than I would like, and even to fall asleep sometimes. Well, that yet I've literally never been able to just like fall asleep. Yeah, it makes me so mad that you fall asleep so easily. Oh, I'm done. I'm down the second I lay my head down. I am out like a light. Yeah, because you keep me up so late. What? And then you fall asleep, and it takes me like another hour to go to bed.
0: Hey. Don't hate the player. Now, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> since since our mental illnesses tend to be pretty omnipresent or have a pretty big impact on us even when we're at work, how like what happens when we have to support students who have mental illnesses while balancing our own? <laughs> mental illnesses how yeah uh, like you said your campus deals with a lot of feelings i deal with students who have a lot of feelings how do you balance that stuff especially like if you're not having a good day
1: students like you more when they know you're a human yes that's facts (laughs) um i feel like being upfront about my situation has made me have a better connection with more students than Mm. most people do Um, And I feel like our field really has, like, this weird, like, I don't know, like, people want to be in a hierarchy, like, they want to feel like they are above above someone, someone, which, like, I don't care. Yeah. So, like, if somebody's having a tough day, and... uh, there's anything that I can do or say, especially if it's in relation to, like, my own experience dealing with some of those things, like, I'm going to be upfront about that. There are very few things that I would not have a conversation with about my students. They are adults. Mm -hmm. And they deal with stuff. They know that we deal with stuff. It's just whether or not you want them to see that you're a human and not a robot.
0: That's real. Um, I deal with a lot of Um, students who are concerned with their, um, their, their mental health, because since my office is kind of a drop in for those who might be struggling with stuff, um, on like a, any given day, I, I see students who come in who are dealing with self-harm, um, suicidal ideation, sex, being sexually assaulted, having troubles with their relationships, uh, any day. And then sometimes some students come in who have had a good day. Um, <laughs> Yay! Those, are, those Those actually happen pretty often, but I never know what I'm getting. And so some days I might be sitting in my office feeling pretty good and then go through a couple chats with some students that honestly bring me down and can like weigh on me because I care about those students a lot Yeah, and it can really start to impact me. And those are the moments when, when I have, if I have multiple of those back to back to back, that's when I go, okay, I'm taking a quick break and I'll go for a run like on my campus okay. or I'll run on the Harbor because for me, and I've, I've, I've mentioned this before. Running is one of the things that gets my, 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 my depression, my anxiety under control, um, to a degree. And it's one of the things that I've worked out with my supervisor as an accommodation that I don't really take a lunch break. I take a break to go exercise because especially on days when I'm not feeling great, it can help me out and bring me back up. And then sometimes I'll come, come back from my run and a student's like waiting at my office and I'm like, all right, tight, here we go. (laughs) What's going on? (laughs) Kind of have to be ready for anything
1: kind of fascinating in that like obviously your job is devoted to that mm-hmm. um i work in student activities so I, my office is uh what is the word stereotypes to be just fun fun um but i'm also in a student activities suite yeah but you're are not technically in yeah. the student activities um But I oversee our programming board and I work with orientation and uh, leadership programs and uh, like all types of stuff. But um, I don't technically, as a part of my position, have anything that is focused on health and wellness. Mm. Um, That's kind of something additional that we've taken on. Um, But what I was thinking is that when I have students come into my office and they are having a rough time, especially if it's in relation to, like, something that is happening to them on campus, that, like, lights a fire under me. And I'm like, hey, I know how to navigate this system, and I will help you in any way that I know how. And uh, that is probably one of my favorite things, is when people are dealing with something, and I can be like, hey, I'm going to help you. Mm -hmm. Because I might be the only person that's telling them that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I have had people say, like, I've been going everywhere and you are the first person who has actually made me feel like you heard me, Um, which makes me sad. (laughs) And (laughs) I also am glad that I'm there and that a lot of the students know that because I'm so chill um, that they can come to me with pretty much anything
0: all right it's time for the music break uh, portion of the podcast you have been hearing a bunch of sounds throughout this episode from the band ranges their new album the ascensionist comes out this friday september 22nd via uh, a thousand arms records as well as dunk records in europe a thousand arms was already uh hyped in the first ad break but they also do music releases uh And Ranges is the newest release from the label. Ranges is an instrumental post-rock band from Bozeman, Montana. It's a beautiful place. I've been there a couple times. Absolutely gorgeous area. The four-piece brings a captivatingly succinct approach to a musical genre focused on the exploration of time and expanse while staying true to the foundational elements of the genre. Driven by deep and... uh, Driven by deep concept and storyline, every note and climax is molded to a narrative that pushes the band and listener to explore deeper compartments of their being both sonically and spiritually. That is some intense wordage. For a band that does not use words, I absolutely love it. I'm all in. I love this. I'm ready. If you like what you hear from Ranges, make sure to check them out at rangesmusic.com, or find their Bandcamp ranges.bandcamp.com, or find them on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter at just Ranges Music. Now, I'm going to play you the song "In the Arms of Kings and Gods." and Gods if you liked what you heard check out rangesmusic.com or a thousandarms.store or dunkrecords.com and get a vinyl copy get a CD copy get it on digital you can stream it everywhere this Friday their new album The Ascensionist alright let's get back and let's finish this conversation with Katie Hamm alright so let's wrap this up a little bit what do we need to do as a field to make folks with mental illness feel more comfortable? And how do you think supervisors need to
1: kind of accommodate that sort of stuff? Uh, I mean, I kind of already said this, but as professionals, we need to talk about ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, I think... With both students, fellow staff members, and administration knowing that you are a human that are, is is going through similar things to what they're going through, or even if they can remotely empathize with you at all, um, that that'll help a lot.
0: Oh yeah, there 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 are genuine days, and I kind of feel bad sometimes because, and I think you're you I think you're pretty similar to this. Like when someone asks me, like, "How's your day going?" I'll tell them how my day is like, I'm, I'm I'm, having a rough one (laughs) and I'm pretty, I've kind of adapted a response where I say I'm very okay. Like I'm very just okay. And that's real. Yeah. Like there aren't a lot of days. Like I'm getting by. Like there are not a lot of days where I'm like doing really great or I'm ready to go. Like everything's awesome. Mm -hmm. There's always a little bit of me that's like, I'm very just okay right now. Like, I don't exactly know how the rest of the day is going to go. But right now, I'm I'm okay. And some days, I'll straight up say, like, I'm dealing with some depression today. But I'm getting through it. I'm powering through it. And I've even said that to my vice chancellor. And it does take some people, uh, take people aback a little bit. But what's great is when I see someone who's perhaps higher on that hierarchy than me Mm -hmm. respond in a way that is full of empathy and compassion. That is awesome. That makes me feel great. And it makes me feel like I have support in my communities. And I feel like that's something we just need to be better at as people. Um, And I know our field can be a little bit uh, toxic and frustrating around certain topics, but if we can rally around mental health mm-hmm. for a way for all of us to feel connected and supported, that's one way we can make each other feel a little less alone and uh, uh, just so we can survive. I don't want to see people – I don't want to see us lose people in our field because we get we, – we burn them out within three years. Yeah. Like you're entering well, your fourth was... year of your job. Mm-hmm. And three years is typically how long someone will last in an education field. So like you're already reaching that level of um, where if you were going to leave, you probably would have left already kind of uh, a plateau. So it's but we lose a lot of people in our field in the first year or in the first two Mm. years, Mm -hmm. because we don't properly prepare people. We don't properly prepare grad students, especially around mental health. Like, that'll be a big part of our conversation on graduate students, or graduate preparation. But it's important that we add these conversations into so many aspects of our work.
1: Well, one thing that I was going to bring up in terms of, like, what supervisors can do, um, not expect for... The people you're supervising to have their phone, like their email on their phone, or to literally always be connected to work at all times—that is insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, given that technology, that like that technology has only developed within the last five, ten years to be consistently connected for everyone, pretty much. Like that is insane that so many places basically require. Employees to be working 24-7.
0: It's ridiculous. And I know that a lot of, uh, a majority of our field are in residence life. and That's you a live,
1: whole different It's scenario. a whole
0: different scenario, yet I talk to so many of my colleagues who are in residence life. And the concept of work-life balance is almost a foreign topic, a foreign issue and altogether. Because the expectations are so massively counter to how we should function as human beings in a job. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that that's okay. I don't have an answer. Well, uh, but I feel, I feel I th- like I have a
1: controversial answer.
0: Okay. I want this. <laughs> this is controversy. So,
1: um, my thoughts. <laughs> so, as I said, technology has progressed a lot in the last 5 to 10 years. The other thing that has progressed a lot in the last 5 to 10 years is the identities of our students. Mm -hmm. Therefore, the people who are leading our institutions and are in higher-up positions are not people who dealt with the same things that our students are dealing with. Yes. So uh, the idea of intersectionality and being upfront with the things that you've dealt with is foreign to these people who are in higher positions. true. Because... That is not something that they were ever open about. Mm-hmm. Some of them have never even like experienced or seen anyone who has experienced certain things. So the fact that there are students with all different types of identities coming in with all different types of experiences is something they're not equipped to deal with. So my <laughs> controversial thing is just that I don't think this is getting better until our generation, like the millennial generation, is in administrative positions.
0: I'm not arguing
1: with that. No, I'm just saying that's my, that is my theory, because especially I feel like I have seen in multiple institutions that some of the people in higher positions have complained that college students are so different now. And like, yeah, it's your job to adapt to it. Mm -hmm. And if you can't, get out. Ugh. This is why we're best friends. This is why we're best friends. Because I know you agree with me.
0: (laughs) But but what's what's great is I'm sure... I feel like I
1: should attribute that to Aria Carpenter, who is one of my students, who recently was quoted in an article in the Boston Globe saying, if you can't adapt to using the right pronouns for trans people you're you shouldn't be in education and you need to get out (laughs) like i I feel like i just stole that from her so i feel like i need to give her credit for that (laughs) um my students rule yeah shout out to many leslie students Uh, you guys rock
0: all right now it's time to do some lightning round katie i'm ready katie ham i'm so ready
1: what's your favorite color black don't give me that crap about it not being a color. I don't care.
0: <laughs> I was about to. <laughs> What's your favorite food? Pizza. And? Pizza. All right. <laughs> I not know if you were going to say macaroni and cheese, but... No. Mac and cheese Just pizza?
1: Mac and cheese pizza, There yeah. we go. <laughs> From Ian's. If any of you are in uh, Wisconsin, go eat at Ian's. Ian's. Get mac and cheese pizza. What's your favorite book? I mean... Are we going new school, old school? Currently at all time. Currently at all time. I mean, just the Harry Potter series in general. Um, And I know you know that I still haven't read the seventh book, so don't call me out on that. Um, I already
0: did in my episode with Greg.
1: Oh, okay. Whatever. (laughs) I feel like... I listened to that one, and I feel like I need to explain. <laughs> I was working at Walmart on the night of the, the midnight release of the seventh book, and the third person in my line, when I was checking them out, told me what happened in the book, and I got so mad that I didn't read it. And then I just did never go back to it. I don't know why. I just need to do it. Somebody please lend me the book. So is that um, your
0: all-time favorite It's not my
1: all-time favorite. Uh, Current. Current. The current favorite book, Um, I think... You've been reading a lot. have been reading a lot. Um, But I think The Virgin Suicides is up there. It's one of my favorite books of all time. Um, I think Invisible Monsters is up there. Oh, cool.
0: It's weird that Virgin Suicides would be one of your favorites. It's irony of this episode. It is irony of this episode. (laughs) Good book, though. Yeah. I dig it. All right. Uh, what is your favorite
1: TV show? Oh, my God. Uh, All time. 30 Rock, closely followed by The Office. Oh, 30 Rock took over? 30 Rock took over. Dang. It's so rewatchable. Yeah. It's Literally true. every episode is so When you so were feeling down
0: the other night, I just put on an episode of 30 Rock, and I you know. were just like, this was a good move. I know this is exactly so well. what
1: I needed. This is why we're best friends. The only thing that would have been better. Is if you had learned how to play the song, I can see clearly now the rain is gone. Because my cousin always used to sing that to me when I was sad as a kid. Oh,
0: that's the first time I've ever heard of that. Well, Well, now I need to learn that song. I have guitars behind me. I can probably learn it. Whatever. Um, (laughs) What about your favorite movie?
1: Uh, Idiocracy? Dang, classic. Also, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, but I feel like a dumb art school kid when I say that. That makes sense.
0: <laughs> that makes total sense to me. That you would feel that way, not that it's one of your favorites. That's the first movie when I finished watching it the first time. I immediately went, I need to watch that again right now. It's the first time I. That was the first movie that made me do that.
1: Hmm. Yeah. And I okay. did. And I watched it, like, immediately. I have this weird thing that since I was a kid, like, time I watch a movie, I just keep rewatching it until I get sick of it. Why? Yeah, I know.
0: That's <laughs> <laughs> not an answer to that question. <laughs> oh, my gosh.
1: Well, that's exactly my thought process is, like, I, I don't know. I just like it a lot, so I want to watch it again. And I know that... If I don't watch it again immediately, it's just going to sit on the shelf okay. or in my Netflix queue, and I'm never going to get back to it.
0: Okay, favorite band current in all time?
1: Ah, oh, um, i I'm having a moral dilemma. Okay. <laughs> I feel like every time I die is, is beating out Fall Boy. As it should. Okay. As it should. First of all, <laughs> shut up. I love fallout boy no i know you do i yes, as you should and you love uh, boy. take this to your grave and from under the cork tree and infinity on high and folia de solid absolutely love all of those albums i
0: love save rock and roll
1: okay <laughs> <laughs> i wanted to see your reaction to that i don't mind it but also it opens
0: with a bunch of bangers
1: Yeah. But
0: then it kind of just fizzles out.
1: I mean, like, I like it. Like, I like the songs.
0: American Beauty, American Psycho is also very good.
1: But can we talk about how uh, Novocaine and Phoenix are the same song? They're the same song. They're the same song. Um, I really hope that someone else has found that out because it literally is the same song. I sing the the chorus to the other one anytime I'm listening to one of them. What about currently? Um so, oh, yeah, every time I die, all time. Uh, currently, I have been listening to a lot of water parks.
0: Water parks, Katie's,
1: Although, Katie's a pop punker, y'all. I am. And, I think I'm gonna start listening to that new Stray from the Path album. Stray from the Path. Yeah. Blah! Oh, God. Why did I say something that was gonna make you do that? <laughs> Sorry. It's kind the of. Worst noise. Uh, the worst so
0: thanks for chatting with me about this you bet it was fun cool fives all right i gotta (laughs) get the laundry cool (sighs) we did it again we got through another episode and that one was so great i got to just chat with my best friend katie ham the whole time katie wasn't it fun it was fun i think they're doing some chores or something Katie, what are you doing in there? Cutting fabric? Cutting fabric. I don't I don't know why, but Yep. This is the outro you're getting. Uh after that really heavy slash fun conversation with my best friend Katie Ham. I hope you enjoyed it. Hope folks uh liked the little insight to our relationship a little bit, how we communicate how we talk about ourselves and our mental health. And I hope folks enjoyed um, the tunes from Ranges. Their new album, The Ascensionist, comes out this Friday, September 22nd. If you like it, it, check out rangesmusic.com or find them on any social media. Get it on vinyl, get it on CD, however you consume music. It'll be streaming. You can download it as well. And if you like this podcast... um, rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends share it, find us on Facebook Instagram, EduPunksPod is the is the handle, you can find me Craig Bideman at Craig Bideman on social media but yeah, until next week I'm just going to leave you with one more song from The Ascensionist uh, and it is called The Greater Lights that's going to close us out and we'll see you next week, thanks let's get to work